0: Kyle Bradish certainly had his ups and downs in the 2022 season. But if you watched him at the end of the year, especially against the Astros, he looked like maybe a future ace for the Orioles. So coming up on this episode, we're going to talk about, is that a possible future for Kyle Bradish? That's all coming up on this episode of the Locked On Orioles podcast.
1: You are Locked On Orioles, your daily Baltimore Orioles podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.
0: Hey there, Orioles fans. Today is Thursday, November 3rd, 2022, and welcome mm-hmm. back in to the Locked On Orioles podcast, part of the Locked On mm-hmm. Podcast Network, your team every day. As always, I'm your host, Connor Newcomb, and today we are joined by Ryan Chell. He is a producer over at WBAL radio covering the Orioles, the Ravens, all things Baltimore sports over there. And he's joining us to talk about Kyle Bradish's 2022 season with the Orioles. But Ryan, first of all, thank you so much for joining us. And uh, thanks for making your first appearance here on the podcast.
1: Yeah. Thanks for having, uh, looking forward to it.
0: Yeah. We've had a, uh, you know, we continue to have guests on to go through our 2022 Orioles player season review series. And we've gotten to Kyle Bradish and where I wanted to start with Bradish is just you go back to, you know, late April and he makes his debut with the Orioles and I think he pitched okay. He had a quality start against the Red Sox. He went out there. He had that weird inning where his first career strikeout was a drop third strike and the batter yep. actually reached base, which hasn't happened to many guys before, uh, but he looked okay. He didn't really strike many guys out. And then it was really inconsistent, you know, to start his career. You could see there was stuff there, you know, there was velocity, there was a breaking ball that was just kind of falling off the table. But overall, you know, he has two okay starts. He dominates the Cardinals. And then he kind of struggles for a little bit. What, what do you remember were your first impressions? And obviously the Cardinals' start was big. But other than right. that, it wasn't super impressive early.
1: Yeah, it's funny. You know, when we talk about the season for Kyle Bradish, the first thing that does come to mind is those two starts against the Astros. Is the thing that kind of sticks out, you know, in the most in most Orioles uh, fans' minds in terms of the impressive start for him. But I do go back to that Cardinal start, and it's actually one of my favorite memories of Kyle Bradish from this year. Uh, my favorite memory of his, you know, obviously he did have that that debut against the Red Sox, but the next start was against the Cardinals. And I remember him striking out uh, Nolan Arenado twice and just having him completely dumbfounded on the mound. And I know it's one of those things where, you know, as a major league hitter, especially one with the caliber of uh, of, of Arenado, like you probably, you know, hadn't seen a lot. There wasn't a lot of film of him. Mm-hmm. You know, he was, he was coming up and he was a rookie and, you know, you don't really have anything to kind of game plan off of, but... When I looked at that start and I saw him just completely confusing Nolan Arenado in the box, I thought this is a guy that could be something that could be a big piece for the Orioles in that rotation moving forward. Um, We had had um, earlier in the year, we had had Jim Callis on from uh, MLB.com and uh, Baseball America, I think is some of the stuff he's done in the past. And one of the kind of hot takey questions that we had asked uh, Jim at the time was, uh, you know Grayson Rodriguez or or uh, or Kyle Bradish, who's going to be the guy that's going to be a, a bigger impact for this Orioles team you know in the future? And obviously we knew at the time that, that Grayson Rodriguez was going to be the answer, but it was like a week after that that uh, that Bradish had that start against the uh, the Cardinals. And it made me think about that answer for that that answer a little bit and think, hmm, you know Grayson hasn't hit hasn't reached the majors yet and Kyle Bradish has. It, maybe maybe Kyle Braddish is, uh, is going to su- surprise some, uh, some Oriole fans next year.
0: Yeah, and, and for Braddish, you know, people in the organization like talked him up on the same level as Rodriguez at Hall for a long time. And I know there yeah. are people outside the organization who kind of cover the system that felt he was on that level too. And he showed at times, but it was so interesting early because he has that Cardinals start, right? Seven innings, two runs, 11 Ks and no walks against a division winning team. And you're thinking right. it's go time. And then he rattles off some starts that just weren't impressive. Over his next seven starts, he only completed five innings once. He had that terrible start in Boston where he gave up six runs in an inning and two-thirds. And then his last start in June was four and a third, 11 hits and six runs against the Rays. And after that, he went on the injured list. He had right shoulder inflammation and was basically shut down for about six weeks. He came back at the very end of July for the Orioles in that Cincinnati series. But, you know, when he went on the I.L., you could at least say, okay, something was wrong with the shoulder, especially in those last couple of starts. You could tell he just was not the same pitcher we had seen in his first few starts. But he comes back late July against Cincinnati, and immediately, you know, that was a a pretty crappy series for the Orioles. He strikes out seven (laughs) over five innings. And so we say, wow, we haven't seen that, you know, since the Cardinals start. Maybe the stuff is back. And then he starts to rattle off starts that just keep the O's in games as they're getting red hot in August. And I think that injury told us, Ryan, that he was maybe trying to pitch through that for a little longer than we thought in the month of, of June, because when he came back, he looked different.
1: Yeah, it almost looked like that they were being a little bit more careful with some of the other pitchers on, in the you know in the organization compared to Bradish. Like they just needed him to go out there and just you know eat up innings. You know he was going to be the guy that you know was kind of thrown to the wolves until you know DL Hall and Grayson Rodriguez were going to be able to to make the next step. And then you started to realize that he could be a piece of for this team's future. And then then they said, hey, you know maybe we need to be careful with with Bradish. I mean, the biggest thing that I saw with him, especially um, once he came back from the uh, from the shoulder injury. You know, he did struggle a little bit against Toronto when you were looking for, you know, down the stretch in, in October or, or in, um, in August and September when you were trying to, you know, when you were looking up the Blue Jays and you were trying to get back at that, you know, six game, you know, spread in the wild card or whatever. And you needed him to kind of go out there and, you know, be a dog and eat up innings and strike out a bunch of guys. And he had some struggles there. But, yeah, it is kind of a tale two has with Kyle Bradish uh, throughout the 2022 season where you were looking at him pre-shoulder injury and then uh, obviously post shoulder injury. And then the whole thing with him, whether he was working out of the stretch exclusively, you know, whether it was him working out of the wine, if you could tell that they were still trying to uh, kind of iron tune some things with him. And uh, you know, you can, you can definitely look back at this season as maybe kind of an incomplete season for Kyle Bradish.
0: Yes, yeah, certainly we're going to learn more moving forward and we're going to talk more moving forward about Kyle Bradish here on the podcast, but first got to tell you about simply safe, because if you've thought about securing your home with home security, but you've been putting it off. You want to listen up right now. Locked on Orioles listeners can order the number one rated Simply Safe home security system for fifty percent off. This is their biggest offer of the year, and you won't want to miss it. And you're gonna love it because at Simply Safe, there are people on hand twenty four seven. And in an emergency, twenty four seven professional mm. monitoring agents use Fast Protect technology exclusively from Simply Safe. To capture critical evidence and verify the threat is real so you can get priority police response and that 24 7 professional monitoring service it costs less than a dollar a day less than half the price of adts traditional professionally installed system and there's the top rated simply safe app you can stay in complete control of your system anytime anywhere right from your phone they make it so easy so don't miss your chance to save big on the only security system we recommend here on the pod. Get 50% off any new Simply Safe system at simplysafe.com slash MLB This is their biggest discount of the year. So don't wait. That's simplysafe.com slash locked on MLB. There's no safe like Simply Safe. So we're back here with Ryan Chell of WBAL Radio talking about Kyle Bradish and his 2022 rookie season with the Baltimore Orioles and before we get to you know kind of what happened next for Bradish what he did in August and especially against the Astros just wanted to read out his stats from the year because we're talking about how the roller coaster but at the end of the year it still at least looked like a solid season he made 23 starts in his first big league season and threw 117 and two thirds innings for the Orioles actually ended up being the third most innings thrown by an Oriole this year. He had a 4.90 ERA with a 4.46 FIP. He struck out about eight and a half batters per nine, about three and a half walks per nine on the season for Kyle Bradish. But Ryan, a lot of that success came in the second half, like we talked yep. about. And I mentioned, you know, he comes back against the Reds. Yeah, he goes solid start against the Reds, against the Rangers, against the Blue Jays. He's basically keeping the Orioles in these games against the, the Red Sox. And then we get to August 26th in houston and we see just a different pitcher and now the strikeouts weren't quite there that night right but it was eight scoreless with six k's two walks and two hits and then we saw it again against houston later at camden yards in september eight and two thirds two hits no runs 10 k's no walks He was perfect for a while in that game. He almost threw a complete game shutout, and he had some really good starts in between there as well. Had a great one in Cleveland to help the Orioles win a game. Had a phenomenal one against the Red Sox. I mean, he just flipped a switch, and to do it against Houston, a team playing in the World Series as we speak right now, you kind of put him – I mean, I even put him on a higher level than like the Dean Kramers and the Tyler Wells of the world when I saw him do that against Houston.
1: It was baffling to me like when, uh, you know, when we were doing our kind of pre- pre-show pre meetings and we were talking about, you know, you know how's this rotation going to look at, you know, when guys get healthy, when guys come back next year, you know, when John Means comes back from the elbow surgery next year you know, and, uh, you know, various hosts that I was working with were kind of going through the rotation and somehow they were missing Kyle Bradish each time that we were doing this. And I'm like, did you forget the two Astros starts? Did you forget the Cardinals series earlier in the year? Like, uh, I believe they were 14 and nine, I think, is in, uh, in, in, uh, in games where he started. Um, you know, he was a big part of his team, kind of getting back in, into it, uh, you know, turning things around this year. Kyle Bradish, especially given the fact that he is a right-handed pitcher, and you've got that Toronto, even though he did have his struggles against the Blue Jays this year. You know him being a right-handed, uh, a right-handed pitcher against some of those right-handed bats in the Toronto lineup. I think is going to be huge for the, for this Orioles team over the next couple of years. I am instantly p- penciling in uh, Kyle Bradish in my starting rotation next year and giving him at least a shot to to keep that spot until until either someone takes it from or he loses it.
0: Yeah, I think I'm on board with that as well. I mean, I don't think he's going to start Opening Day or anything for the Orioles, but even when John Means comes back, I think he's still going to have a rotation spot. It's not even going to be like where, you know, he's the fifth guy until Means gets healthy. Like, he's in there because of that stuff. And that's where I wanted to get to because, you know, one thing that was interesting with Bradish this year is just like Dean Kramer and a couple other guys, he actually added a sinker late in the yep. season. It kind of helped him, uh, you know, kind of really jam right-handed hitters. He threw 86 sinkers down the stretch. 85 of them were thrown to righty. So it was basically just a pitch to throw in on the hands of righties. Him and Dean Kramer added it at the same time, kind of debuted it right around that start in Houston against the Astros. And it was a pitch that, yeah, it got hit a little bit, but it helped his other pitches play better. And that is what was so interesting down the stretch for Braddish. Because when he was on, this is something I talked about a lot on this podcast during the season, he was throwing more breaking balls then he was throwing fastballs you look yep. at that start at camden yard september 22nd against the astros 39 sliders 24 curveballs and then 18 four seamers 16 sinkers and three change-ups that was a similar mix the first time against the astros and you just look at his stuff ryan and you say can you throw more breaking balls all the time I mean, Lance McCullers does it and he right. usually has success except for a game three of the world series, but he, you know, he generally has success, but Bradish still did go 45% fastballs all year. It was still his dominant pitch, you know, in terms of usage, but when he broke out the slider and the curveball more than his fastball, he was better. And do you think he does that more next year? Cause it worked when he did it.
1: I was gonna say, I mean, you know, the biggest thing with him, at least next year, is now that the, you know, now there's tape on him, there's film out there. Guys are gonna be adjusting to him throwing that slider, throwing that sinker, you know, in in off, you know, off plate situations that, you know, he's gonna have to make adjustments. And I trust Bradish. I mean, one of the one of the cool things about him from the conversations we got to have with him in the in the clubhouse, you know, either before or after games, was he he was real cerebral. Like he was definitely thinking about what he was doing when he was going out the mound out there on the mound. He wasn't just you know trying to blow. The blow the uh the balls by guys or anything like that i mean he certainly didn't i mean he had kind of mid-90s stuff so he wasn't one of those guys that could you know when you're comparing him you know we compared him to grayson rodriguez when we were asking about uh jim callis about that but obviously grayson's got the upper 90s stuff bradish does not so i think it's going to be on bradish next year to kind of continue to kind of just you know work the game a little bit kind of play those mind games a little bit and see if he can get these uh these opposing hitters out
0: And you look at his breaking stuff this year. His slider was his number two pitch. Opponents hit just 212 against it. His curveball was number three pitch. Guys hit just 233 against it with just a 300 slugging percentage against that pitch. But it's got to be hard. When you throw an average of 95 miles per hour on your fastball, and you can kick it up to 96, 97, 98 at times, it's got to be hard to not throw that pitch because despite that velocity and the fact that it's probably gotten him very far in his baseball life, Ryan guys hit 321 with a 539 slugging against his fastball. Kyle Bradish's fastball per the the value stat that that Statcast puts out, it's run value stat, it was one of the 5 worst pitches in all of baseball this year. Yeah, not I- just on the Orioles, not just among starters of anybody who threw a pitch this year. The Kyle Bradish four seamer was one of the 5 worst pitches in baseball. It's basically because it's straight, it doesn't have a great spin rate. And when that's 95, 2022 20, MLB hitters can hit that no problem. But it's got to be the, hard to get especially away. Especially in the that. AL East. So yeah. yeah, especially with those Toronto and the Yankee and the Red Sox lineups. So I really think the sinker was important because it gave him a different fastball to use that was more effective. So here's kind of where I don't really have a great answer. Like he could work on the four seamer and come back with it. What do you think the chances are he shows up in spring training and he's like sinker, slider, curveball? And the four seamers just like when he needs a strike three zero.
1: I mean, it, it. I mean, you know, if you look at the way that this Orioles team is constructed now, and hopefully, I mean, this this infield is coming back next year, and we just saw yesterday that Ramon Urias wins the wins the Gold Glove. You obviously know what you have, what you have with uh, with Jorge, Jorge Mateo at, at shortstop. Um, I mean, if he does come out there and you know decides that he wants to be more of a pitch to contact guy, if he wants to maybe you know kind of uh, confuse batters once in a while with that slider, you get a couple strikeouts here and there. I mean, I think the way that this Orioles team is constructed – you know, it's a good way to kind of just bridge the gap between the, the starting rotation and, and the, the back of that bullpen. You know, I would rather have a guy going out there and eating up innings and saving those arms in the bullpen, especially when you have guys like Felix Bautista and C.N.L. Perez and and what have you, that instead of going out there and only lasting three innings while trying to throw 85 pitches and, you know, get you know six, seven strikeouts, I'd rather have him be that 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 pitch to contact guy and trust the, those gold glovers now that you've got uh, got behind you and Ramon Reyes. So where I wanted to finish on Kyle Bradish is, you know, he's
0: this guy with this elite, elite breaking stuff—a slider and a curveball that he trusts. You know, a big overhand curveball and your kind of typical slider. You know, he's he's 26 years old. He, I mean, what a steal that Dylan Bundy trade continues to look like for the Orioles. Especially uh, uh, now, you know, two of the two of the guys in the trade got Tommy John this year and, and Kyle Brennervich and Zach peak, But if they come back and they look good after Tommy John, it's going to be a huge deal. But even just getting Bradish seems huge. And we've already talked about, you know, we've said guaranteed rotation spot next year no question but he does kind of remind me i know i already said the name of a lance mccullers because i think the best version of kyle bradish is going to be you know maybe not if you remember like 2017 alcs mccullers when he threw what was it like 30 straight curveballs to the yankees in that one game like i don't know if that's going to be kyle bradish but mccullers throws mostly breaking balls and he was kind of the first starter in baseball to do that i see bradish Following that trend. So, my question to you is we're both in agreement. He's in the starting rotation next year. No yes. yes. Do you think as the Orioles add more and more pitching, they develop more pitching, they go out and you know sign starters or trade for starters or whatever it may be? Do you see two, three, four years down the line, Bradish continuing in this starting role? Do you think there's any kind of you know bullpen future for him that I know people have talked about just because of the stuff? Or do you think, like, even if he becomes just one of those five and dive guys, where it's five innings, ninety pitches, one run, eight strikeouts, and get out of there, can he sustain that as the Orioles become a legitimate contender?
1: I think with what you saw out of Bradish this year, you know, not really. I mean, he was not a guy that they were thinking was going to be in this rotation for for twenty three starts this year. Um, I think you can look at him as even if they do go out there and, and buy a couple arms, if a couple, if if Grayson Rodriguez. Ah uh, comes up and becomes the Grayson Rodriguez that we all expect him to be. If they if Dl Hall suddenly fl- flips the light switch on, I can still see Kyle Bradish being a, a back end part of this rotation. And this is a problem I want to have. Like I want to be in a situation where I have seven, eight guys fighting for five spot for five spots. And you know, going back to those Astro series, you know, we we asked uh, Brandon Hyde this a couple times about you know. If a guy goes out there and, and, and dogs you know goes out there and is a dog and fights for eight innings and you know shuts a, shuts a uh, a team down, does that put it on the next guy to go out there and compete and do the same exact thing? And that's and I think that's what happened in those Astros series. You saw Dean Kramer do it. You saw Jordan Lyles do it. You saw Kyle Bradish do it. And it just in the competitive nature of these guys in the locker room and the cl- in the clubhouse that makes those guys want to go out there and do the same exact same exact thing. So I think if Kyle Bradish is going out there. Even if he's a four or five in this in this uh, future Orioles starting rotation, he's the guy I want in there because he's just going to make those other four guys better.
0: Right. I've done this series as the third off season doing this series, kind of you know recapping the year for all the Orioles key players. And let me tell you, last year I talked about you know, a lot of positives for John Means, and then the rest of the starting pitching I did <laughs> not like talking about. We are now concerned that the Orioles will not be able to fit some of their guys who had success into the rotation next year. Like, I'm looking around and I'm saying, can Tyler Wells get in the rotation? And he had a three-year RA. What a great problem we have. Correct, in
1: correct. I'm not, I'm not shedding any tears right now.
0: Yeah, I, I, think, uh, I think everyone is happy with that. And listen, you know, Bradish, he had his struggles. He had his ups and downs. And it's important to note, after he had the 10-strikeout game against the Astros, the 8 and 2 thirds scoreless, he did not finish the season strong. He had two more starts where he gave up seven runs and two and a third against Boston. And then, you know, he did throw five innings of one run ball against the Yankees, but he walked five guys in five innings. So it wasn't exactly his favorite end of the year after that great start. So we still know there's room to improve, certainly for Kyle Bradish. But I think he set a really good precedent for himself in a rookie year. It was fun to watch. It was fun to talk about. Ryan, thank you so much for joining us uh, let everybody know where they can kind of hear your voice at all on the radio or things you're working on over at WBAL.
1: Yeah, so uh, you know, obviously uh, over at WBAL 98 Rock, we're in the thick of uh, of Ravens season right now, getting ready to go down to New Orleans. We we uh, we got to you know hear Roquan Smith today after his trade from the from the Bears, but uh, the good thing is next week apparently we are we are starting uh, hot stove shows uh, on WBAL. So I think you're gonna be hearing from Michael Elias, Brandon Hyde, uh, a bunch of players. Obviously, this was the first season for me. Uh, coming back to Baltimore and being part of the Orioles, and this is something we did not expect to have <laughs> last uh, last February. We were not going to. We are not thinking that we were going to be talking about a playoff uh, potentially bound play uh, Orioles team, and uh, hopefully, uh, year year two, uh, you know, hopefully we're uh, we're doing some uh, playoff baseball next year in uh, in October. Yeah,
0: Michael Elias keeps saying that word liftoff. Hopefully, those hot stove shows are for uh, some big off season moves. Correct. There. About a week from now, the O's can uh, maybe start making once this World Series ends. But that was Ryan Chell. We thank him so much for joining us here on the podcast. We'll have one more episode this week coming up tomorrow, continuing our Orioles 2022 player season review series. But until then, I'm Connor Newcomb, and this has been the Locked On Orioles podcast, part of the Locked On podcast. Your team, every day.